What's up, Danny? Hey, guys. Hi, Danny. We are back with our fourth quarantine episode of Beer Time with Books. It is now two with Sing Unburied Sing. This is our second with Rabbit Run. This is our new normal, guys. For the foreseeable future, we're just going to be quarantine potting. Yeah. I we there's no end to the tunnel quite yet. It's a good skill to have if we ever get to separate cities, the wish to go on eternally. How dare you? Will, <laughs> will be fulfilled. Also, uh it'll be good to get this skill down pat. I think these episodes have been pretty solid because we have uh, a guest coming in for the next episode. So we'll have four on the pod again. That'll be the third time we've had four people on the podcast. So that's pretty exciting. As is tradition, we're not going to name any names until it happens. Uh, but we're looking forward to that. And yeah, we are back with the second half of Rabbit Run. This is one that we truly, I feel like this is the least amount that we've talked about this book like jamie i haven't talked to you that much danny we, all of these conversations have only happened today so this is some pretty fresh uh fresh content right here yeah the only thing that i said to jamie when i found out whatever day she hadn't finished it yet i just said you're gonna die <laughs> that's all i said to her about yeah, the second half you but. just said you had feelings also at some point you asked me if i had finished <laughs> Yeah, I finished. I also finished this like abnormally early. I normally don't finish books, like finish the second half of the book so close. But I think I finished this the weekend after we recorded last. And I saw it on Goodreads. I saw you flying. I I mean, I didn't really even mean to, but I was like, I really, I was like, all right, I'm committed. I want to, I want to know what's going on. Well, let's, let's knock through these classic corners. We can get to this discussion. I really want to know what you guys think after getting through this, because I think it took me by surprise and I'm going to be curious to hear what your guys' thoughts are, but let's start with what are you drinking? Uh, I haven't started in a bit, so I'll throw this off. We all have some fresh beers today. We got some fresh beers going on, Danny. That this is like we heard more about you being excited about your beer than we did about your thoughts on the book. So, yeah, I was really excited about my beer. It's it's cute. You guys, uh, if you check out our Instagram, you'll see a pic. Yeah, we'll have we'll have pics of the cans. <laughs> beer time at beer time with books. At time beer t- or at beer time with books. <laughs> You're screwing up the plug. <laughs> For my beer, I have New Belgium. This is the Voodoo Ranger series. I think this is just their classic IPA. I think they have multiple kinds of IPAs from Voodoo Ranger, but this is the OG. It's got kind of a darker taste to it. I'm I'm digging it quite a bit. But yeah, this is the first one, I think, of maybe any of the Voodoo Rangers. Maybe we had one in a variety pack before, but... Yeah, it's definitely a bit of a darker, darker taste. I wish I knew more about darker how to, about taste. how to explain beer taste. Like by, heavier by like episode twenty two of our podcast. But yeah, a little bit heavier and a little okay. bit like caramely, I guess. Okay, yeah. Uh, this is Jamie. Hi, I'm drinking a Logboat Brewing Co. Snapper American IPA, um, which I'm not sure if we've had on the pod before, but. Brian and I both really, really love Snapper. Uh, Logboat is in Columbia, Missouri, where we went to college. Um, so it brings back fond memories. Uh, and it's a great IPA. It's got 
subtle hints of a lot of fruits, as Brian likes to point out. Many fruits in uh, this thing. Pineapple, peach, and melon, it says on the can. But it's a great, it's a great IPA. Only in Missouri. So good. Uh, hey, guys. This is Danny. I'm drinking uh, a sour I was really excited about. Um, it's called Wild Little Thing by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, I assume. It just says, yeah, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Um, it's a slightly sour ale with hints of guava, hibiscus, and strawberry. And I honestly just really loved the can. <laughs> it's bright pink with bright yellow polka dots, and I thought it was real cute. <laughs> so... I've, we've been susceptible. I posted on our Instagram the uh, can the I was sipping, talking about. Yeah, sipping the pretty. Sipping can. pretty. I want so like cute. a like a print of sipping pretty. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> honestly wow. though, it's so pretty. <laughs> it would be worth it. Uh, so yeah, we have uh, the, like we said, this will be up on the Instagram, and then also we're gonna get into a quick highlight of some recent media we've been consuming. So I'll just hit a quick movie corner. I've been trying to catch up on some movies this year and i knocked uh some big ones off my list that i was excited about two weekends ago hit some 90s classics with pulp fiction and the big lebowski uh so it was just kind of a 90s block which was pretty uh interesting and and watching one of tarantino's or his most famous film after i've seen a bunch of others was kind of also an interesting order just because that's the one most people talk about and I didn't get to watch it until I've already seen most of his work already and then also one of the movies we watched I specifically tied back into our book this week Uh, over the weekend we watched High Fidelity and I told Jamie halfway through I was like because she kept making faces because the main character makes some questionable choices and has some questionable opinions and she was just like, all right, so do you like this movie? And she said, I don't know. It depends on if we're supposed to think this guy is an asshole. Or, and I was like, or, and we started comparing it to Rabbit Run. I was like, yeah, that's what we thought about the book. It's like, maybe the book is good, depending on if we're supposed to think that Rabbit is an asshole. Uh, so anyway, it was kind of an interesting tie-in to watch that. Um, that movie had a bit of a lighter ending than this one, which I think was added to some disappointment. But overall, I enjoyed the movie. So those are my Quick ones, quick movie corner. Nice. Um, I was really proud of myself this time around because since our last uh, podcast episode, I have finished two books. Whoa. Not related to the podcast. I'm so <laughs> proud of that. Uh, they were both audiobooks, so maybe that lessens the effect here. But uh, the first one that I finished was called Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman. Uh, which came out, like, in 2017, I think, uh, and was on Reese Witherspoon's book club list, I'm pretty sure, so it was pretty popular. That book club is, or book list is popping. It is. Uh, and honestly, I didn't expect to like it. I downloaded it because it was kind of a shorter audiobook, and I would, had heard people talk about it, but I was like, it's probably going to be kind of dumb and quick. Um, but I really enjoyed it, genuinely. The first few chapters I thought were slow, and I didn't think that I liked the main character, um, but it really built in, like, I grew to love her so much, and it was much darker than I thought it would be for kind of, like, a popular, uh, girly book. I don't know how to describe that. But, like, it was a very dark story and very sad, and I almost cried at one point. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I recommend it. And then the other one that I just finished today, um, 
is The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman, uh, which the audiobook was narrated by Neil Gaiman, which I thought was really cool uh, to hear how he wanted to tell it. Um, And I downloaded that mostly because just recently Brian and I were talking about how Neil Gaiman is such like a recognizable name, but neither of us even knew if we had read anything by him. And then we both realized the only book that we had read by him was Coraline in the sixth grade. (laughs) Which got read to us by a teacher. Yeah. And we have that shared history. So I was like, I should listen to another one. And that one is pretty short. Um, And it was good. I enjoyed it. It really was not what I expected. Uh, But it's a fun little fantasy kind of story, if you like that. Um, That's about it. Nice. Danny? Um, I'm, I've been going pretty TV hard, uh, <laughs> recently. TV, we got it. Yeah, we got we're, the we're covering it all. I mean, the most recent book that I finished is, um, was On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vong. Um, and I liked it. Um, he's also a poet. Um, and honestly, I think I was expecting a little bit more of the book to be a little more poetic. Um, it it's a memoir like kind of written in the style of a letter to his mother and it's really beautiful it's about his life as a um as an immigrant and uh and anyway it's good um i I didn't like it as much as i thought i was going to but it also made me want to read more of his stuff um but will and i also finished the crown and uh, that's been it's been on the the docket for a little bit (laughs) yeah it i mean we needed like space in between the episodes because they're just so heavy but I it took us quite a while to get used to the uh <clears throat> I mean I'm not used to the new actors. I don't like it. I hate it. Um I have to get over it. Um but it's fine. It just feels like a new show to me. Uh but we loved it. We loved the um we loved the the ending of the third season regardless. Um and I also watched uh the entire second and third season of Ozark since the last podcast. Oh damn. Uh, and uh, I, I forgot, I had forgotten if I had even finished the first season, and I had, but I, I watched, I ended up watching the last few episodes, and then I just burned through both the, the, the latter um, two seasons. They were just, uh, it's like a pretty fast, like, like Breaking Bad type show. So it just like it kind, I kind of just like zoomed by like three or four episodes in like, you know, each weekend evening, and you're pretty much done. So. Uh, Will didn't like he didn't he watched parts of it with me, but it was a little too dark. He wasn't as interested. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I liked it. I pretty much agree with everybody's assessment that the second season was kind of meh, and the third season was great. So <laughs> yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about the third season. I may I, I could be into it. I've just heard good things. I'm curious about it, but then I I hear so many mixed reviews about like like you said like the second season. People yeah. a lot of people drop off. I think. So. Yeah, I feel like with like money laundering shows, like pretty much you get to a point where like by season three, everyone's just like, oh, I promise I won't do that. I give you my word. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, we're, we're done trusting people. So I don't know why we're still trusting people at this point, uh, five years into the laundering. But anyway, um, it's it's appropriately intense. Um I, I gasped aloud at many a scene, many a moment. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Cool. Well, hit the the three mediums. There was got some 
Got some books, got some TV, got some movies. <laughs> so with that, we are now moving into our discussion for the second half of Rabbit Run. So we're going to toss it over to Danny because this was her choice for uh, a little bit of a summary of <laughs> all, all of this shit that went on in this second half. All right. We didn't really leave off at like a super notable point. No, um, no, not really. But essentially, in the second half, where were we? Like one twenty-three. In the in the in the second half, Rabbit ends up going back to his wife uh, upon learning that she is basically in labor. I think yeah. he like gets a call in the middle of the night. He's in Ruth's bed, and um, he goes back to um. Like, that evening, he goes to the hospital. Um, we also have learned that he pretty much has been staying with Ruth for, like, what, a few, like, I mean, for the duration of, of the, for the rest of um, his wife's pregnancy. Um, Which at that point and, was, like, multiple months. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So it had been at least two months, I think. Yeah. It was, like, several months. And um, from the tone, I, I mean, I, just, I thought this was, I don't know, maybe I'm just inferring this, but from the tone, it sounded a little bit like... Um, he, they had pretty much fallen into like a similarly kind of like married esque boring routine, um, and like I I just was I was just like expecting something terrible to happen anyway because like he is he he like only chases things that are exciting and gets burned out very quickly and so like it was only like a matter of time that he was like going to leave Ruth anyway in my opinion anyway he leaves Ruth goes to Janice. Um, she has the baby uh, named Rebecca June, um, and um, there's a point where uh, after the, I think I think I read in a summary somewhere like they are they're together for like nine days between like her coming home from the hospital and him spoiler leaving again and um, they should they, know by now everybody's reading through. <laughs> I, mean, I mean right, but I mean he, he, he does leave again. Right. Um, and um there's this one there's this there's this one night i think it's just like a few uh it's a few nights after um they come home from the the hospital um and uh he basically like during the day has been like like janice has just been like exhausted with the baby and she's feeling like a bad mom and a lot she's feeling a lot of it even i don't even think it's told from her point of view and you can absolutely tell that she is just like having a shit time and rabbit is like riding this weird high of like him and his wife just having had a baby and basically like he feels very fertile because the baby has come and he's also just like come from roots like you know like a week and a half ago and he's just like riding very high and feeling very satisfied with himself and so as, if he's he, like, as if he was such a great thing that he came back to his own child also right. but yeah, yeah also he the feels rest, very righteous yeah i'm just like i did the right morning. thing after like yeah. no this was the he, thing he's very yeah he's very self-congratulatory he's very like impressed with himself that he has done this noble thing um and also there are times like in between being at the hospital and um and coming home where he just like waxes poetic about like how how excited he is to have had this baby but like it's clear that this baby is like a sign of his own 
fertility. Like it's, it's, he's excited about it because he's like, look at this thing that I made. I did this. From and my seed. From <laughs> really, my though, seed. This really. re- yeah, no, yeah, literally. And yeah. so he, he, there are several like paragraphs interspersed um, in that, in that time where he is just like, so very proud. <laughs> like he, he's almost like bursting with joy about this baby, but like, it's not because he's so happy that the baby is like exists. He's, he's, he's just happy to like have produced this baby from his own fertility. Um, so, um, he spends this one day, um, kind of like getting, basically getting Janice drunk and taking advantage of her alcoholism or alleged alcoholism and just kind of keeps serving her drinks like into the evening. And like once she's good and drunk, he decides he wants to like try to have sex with her and brings it up. And she is like, no, I just had a baby. Everything is terrible. And I'm in a lot of pain. Meanwhile, like, like, you hear all about her, like the pain she's in. And he is like on the other side, like he's very turned on by like her, like postpartum body and situation. And he like wants to like, he, he wants to bone her this evening. And when she does, when she doesn't, when she says no, uh, he, he basically just like gets up and leaves and goes to Ruth's. I read a summary where it said, that he had, like, decided he was leaving again for Ruth's, like, for good. And I didn't actually think – I didn't I don't, I don't, I didn't actually get that from that one. I didn't really either. It didn't <laughs> feel like it, but also – I mean, anything can ha- – like, but, who knows? And we were also getting it from Janice's perspective, and that, like, heightened that a little bit because, like, I mean, very much rightly so. You yeah. know, he had left in a similar manner to previously, so she – had maybe assumed, but she not from his, but but not forever. from his own actions. That I assume that that was his intention, but definitely from everyone else's perspective, it made sense. But also, maybe it's always his intention to leave forever. So, yeah. like. I mean, he's not. Yeah, there. It, it was. It's always just like I didn't know if he like the, a few summaries I read implied that he had like had decided to go back to Roots indefinitely. Um, I thought maybe he was just going there for the night. I don't know. Um, but it definitely like Janice definitely was thinking that there was even a point where he starts doing, I can't remember what he was doing, but he starts doing something in bed with her. And she just says like, did you learn that from your whore? Or like, did your whore teach you that? (laughs) And the butts, he tries to like masturbate on her, onto onto her. And it was also just like. It was again like another yet another just like vaguely like rapey scene yeah. of him like, getting his wife drunk and then when she says no he like is doing he's doing plenty anyway anyway so he leaves he goes to Ruth's uh she's not there um and uh where does he go? no I can't remember where does he go when he goes she's to a not hotel there? he wanders he goes to like drugstores and stuff yeah um. And eventually he gets a hotel room yeah. out there in Brewer. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then he finds out uh, that uh, that Ruth is pregnant because he didn't know, right? That happens later. Yeah, way That's later. at the end of the book. Yeah. What am I missing? So wh- while he's Ruth gone. Ruth wasn't at her apartment. Oh, oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Sorry. I so forgot this is, that this he This is the Janice scene when she, when he doesn't come home the next morning. and Yeah, and Janice yeah, is really Yeah, sorry. Drunk. He. 
that was later. So Janice, the next morning, we are finally hearing from Janice's perspective. And, um, and we, she's like in a drunken stupor and it's a very, it's like probably some of like some of the most like tense few pages of like any book that I've ever crazy. Very anxiety inducing. Especially because like, well, like getting to that point when you're, when you're reading it and like each successive drink that she then begins to take, you're like, it's not fully coming together where like, I think the one thing Jamie and I said, it's like, neither of us were predicting the end result, but like, it just made sense up to that point. But that whole scene of just like it spiraling and spiraling was just like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. Once it got to that point though, I kept, because I didn't know what was going to happen, but I kept being like, wait, she mentioned the baby like three paragraphs ago. Where is the baby? Yeah. That's like, that's I think what was, it was very concerning. He did a really, really good job of describing this scene. Like I could picture everything that was happening in their, like in their, you know, like, their small little place where they live like she was going from room to room in just like this drunken stupor and like every like four paragraphs she mentions the baby um but it's really stressful because like you and that because the most stressful part is then she decides to give the baby a bath and it's this whole because i think uh, it was dirty well, her mom called and oh, was like, yeah. I'm coming over. And she, her mom called yeah. and the and the baby she was, had like spit up on itself or something. Or pooped and she was really stressed. She was really stressed about her mom coming over because um, because the house was messy and um, Rabbit had left again. And there's this whole like stupid like, you know, there's this whole stupid pressure that like she is the reason that like rabbit left in the first place so she already is like very vulnerable also she just had a baby nine days ago so like she's very fragile and anyway she like puts the baby down picks it up in like a series in like just various paragraphs and she decides to give it a bath and then it drowns like just it felt a little bit sudden it was there was a lot of lead up but it was it was just kind of like i almost had to read the paragraph a few or like the sentence a few times just to like make sure that i like understood exactly what had happened but she she uh she puts the baby in the really deep bath water um and it sinks to the bottom and she is like very drunk and like has been talking about the several drinks she's been making herself uh and the baby isn't breathing and by the time her mom gets there the baby has died um and i think that was one of the only parts in the book that there was actually like for me in my edition there was actually like an end to like any kind of what felt like a section or like a chapter, um, which was like very fitting. Um, but <laughs> Rabbit is gone, uh, and he doesn't find out until he calls um, the pastor uh, to ask him basically like, "How should I come home? Like, or how how help me? Basically, two What do I do?" And um, Eccles is like, "Oh, like you haven't heard," and he has to tell him. Uh, and then he and then he spirals and goes into this like, you know, one of his like swings of feeling terrible and sorry for himself. Uh, and essentially, like he uh, there's <laughs> before the main end of the book, there's a section where uh, Eccles's wife like invites him in for like some like like they pass each other or see each other like in town and she invites him in and he thinks that she wants to have sex with him and then like gets enraged when that's not what she was asking. And it's just like, 
I don't know, just like yet another example of him just like, like this is like so, so many things have happened to him in his like in the span of this book, and like uh, I don't know, like this is the this is the thing that he's like thinking about uh, is her just like thinking that she wants to have sex with him. Um, so during the baby's funeral, uh, they he he has this kind of like panic moment where he basically just like. Um, tells everybody that it's Janice's fault and that it's not his fault. He has this, like, very cringy freak-out moment. I don't know if you guys were cringy during that part, but I was... It's upsetting. Yeah. It's, yes, it's, it's cr- very it upsetting. Is uh, and he he runs away. He literally runs away um, from the funeral. Um, and um, he finds out that... Um, he goes on to find out Ruth is pregnant. Mm-hmm. That's when he goes to his apartment and finds out she's pregnant, and then he runs away again. And then, yeah, he he runs away from the funeral. He runs to Ruth's, finds out she's pregnant, and she basically says like, "We could get married," kind of. Uh, and then he runs away again, and that's how the book ends. <laughs> so, so where do we start? I don't know. I kind of want to start with where we ended the last episode, which is just basically like, I mean, do you think that we're supposed to, do you think he's ultimately like a sympathetic character? Do you think we're supposed to know he's an asshole? Like, are we supposed to feel bad for him? Does he represent like this wanderlusty, like search for a higher meaning or is he just a dick? (laughs) Um, I, I'm still struggling with this question because I think that I, I find it very hard to believe that anybody could read this book and not think that he's an asshole and that he, like, he ruined his own life and everything's terrible because of how much of an asshole he is. But, and I think, I think that Updike... At the end of this, I think Updike thinks that Rabbit is flawed. I do think that that is true, but I agreed. I am not sure that he thinks he's as flawed as I think he is. Also agreed. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like there's just still moments of like you kind of want to be him maybe. Like there's still just weird comments of like reliving the glory days and um feeling very strong and capable and all these things that like just push it a little bit over my limit uh and I don't know how to describe that I definitely can see like a narcissistic 20 year old man reading this book and thinking that rabbit is the good guy like yeah if you if you if you consult reddit with just updike you will find many a post that is just like mostly men. I would venture being just being like, "This book changed my life." It was absolutely just—it was a coming-of-age novel for me and myself. I really identify. Like, it's very. But also, I think that like you have to you have to analyze it almost without. I don't know. I don't know if you can. I don't think you can. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I felt again like I did last episode that the perspectives of other characters toward Rabbit 
were very scathing, especially in this second half. Yeah. That, that, that again made me feel more certain about it, which I don't know what that means about Updike overall, that that was still up in the air, having read half of the book last time and not fully knowing that. Mm-hmm. But we get to the end of this section or this half of the book and, you know, especially Ruth, when we get to Ruth talking to Rabbit, the stuff that she says is so on the nose and the way that she regards him and actually makes him feel what she is saying, uh, where I think the the main thing that kept sticking out to me is that, like, she was rejecting his touch and was like talking about how he carries this hate and he's at questioning if he's actually a monster. Like I felt like a lot of that stuff didn't ever seem to fully break through to rabbit until that end section with Ruth, because when we're, when he's talking to other characters, which this just solidifies that rabbit like totally is an asshole. And I feel like this was written in that way that like up just has him, every time he talks to somebody is going back and forth on like when things are going his way, he really likes the person when he's not, they're ugly or an asshole or all these things, but they're fat. (laughs) Right. But like with Ruth, I feel like there's finally this moment, even though he doesn't learn from it necessarily because he's still like, well, I don't know that I'm leaving Janice. Sorry. But like, he's at least feeling something completely where he's like, am I a monster? Like something is wrong with me. And I feel like that wouldn't have been the last conversation that rabbit has in the book. If we were supposed to feel any other way. Cause like, there's no other moment where he has that moment of being like, Oh, well, like Ruth still sucks. It's just kind of like, Oh, well, I don't know. Let's get married. Like he's either feeling bad about himself or like, let's make this right. Like let's get married and all this stuff. Uh, so I think that like, in that point, yeah, like I think Rabbit was supposed to be written as a flawed character. I don't know that necessarily all of the problems that we had with Rabbit are all of the problems that maybe John Updike had with Rabbit. And so that's the big issue here for me is that like there's a lot of his actions that maybe were supposed to be some sort of commentary on the time period that he's living in and like the people that he's interacting with that is like oh, you know, I got the feeling that this was supposed to be something that was like, look, isn't this like a crazy new idea, like going against the grain of mid-20th century America? And it's just kind of like, yeah, but reading it from right now is just kind of like, oh, this is still not awesome. Like the stuff that Rabbit is doing, the way he's talking about people, the way he is, you know, the way he's really acting out on a lot of his impulses is not great, but... I think there were still parts to him that were sympathetic because of certain ideas that were addressed, but overall his treatment of, of most people in this book was absolutely appalling and, and Rabbit is definitely a shitty, shitty character. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't know that I have fully come to a conclusion, honestly. Um, I think it's interesting what you said about, like, uh, the, the parts where we have insight into Ruth and how she's feeling, like some parts of it, like I was reading and I was like, so in, I was so into it. And I was like, yes, Updike at the very least is like self-aware. Like he 
he is able to write Ruth very convincingly. <laughs> but like, there's like 20% of me that is like, Updike is writing Ruth as like an angry feminist caricature. And it's like a satire almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he's writing Ruth as not somebody who like who like he doesn't believe those ideas. He's just right like or he's not even aware that those are valid. They're just like it, it's just like a caricature That's... of like an angry like like an angry liberal feminist or something. That's a little bit how I read that last scene too. And like I just looked back at it while Brian was talking because so I was like I feel like and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I was putting this in there because I feel like I have like I just don't like Updike already. <laughs> but I feel like even in that last scene there was this tiny hint of Ruth like still kind like still wanting rabbit in a small way like she yeah. hates well, him because she had that concession to even like considering marrying him in the first place yeah like she's line. furious but she still is kind of like but maybe if if you say you will do it and that that tiny sliver of her is what's upsetting to me from up dyke's perspective of like no he doesn't deserve shit from her. But <laughs> like, but I also feel like it was in a more challenging tone than that, even though it is like an issue that she's even offering it up. I don't think that it was kind of like a giggly, like, well, if you like, no, I think it's get more, rid like, of she's Janice. Like it's just sobbing. like, no, if you get rid of Janice, then yeah, let's make it work. But like, I feel like she even had an understanding of like, but you won't do that. Like, Cause she said that multiple times. Yeah. Like how many times have you said you're going to leave your wife? And then like, what position does that put me in? Because then I am the wife and you may leave me. But regardless, as far as his writing of other characters, like when we're talking about Janice, that's another example of that. That I was like, this isn't written like in quite the way that it should from a perspective of somebody that was so like wronged here by somebody that like Janice, we got her perspective and it did create some sympathy for her. But there was enough that it was just like making Janice into like... (laughs) Just kind of a bumbling fool to some degree mm-hmm. when, like, I don't even know that that was necessarily warranted either unless it was just for the overall effect of, like, her being bumbling enough to to accidentally drown her own kid. Yeah, that's what I feel like as with both of them, but especially with Ruth right there at the end. Like, she has abs... Like, there is a part of her that she is... She's very genuinely upset that Rabbit she knows he's not coming back like she knows that and she's crying about it and she is upset but like she has absolutely no reason to be in love with him like everything we've seen from their relationship it she has no reason to actually feel that way um and that's the sliver that like pisses me off yeah well, for both of them janice and ruth it yeah just, it doesn't make sense that but either janice, of them I feel like cared. Janice was so young when they got together that that's a little bit more sure and they have a kid and everything but like there was too much forgiveness just to be like it's fine like if we can just get past the things that you did but like the things that he did were fucking awful it feels like it feels like that's where the self-awareness stops a little bit I definitely agree with that it's just like like you're just hoping that like people will absolutely just like forget everything and be fools and just continue to forgive you. And and you won't be like, um, you won't have to answer, um, you know, for anything that you've done. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know. I can't, whenever I was reading Ruth, 
every time, especially even in the first half, when I when I when I was reading that one part, I was like, I was like, yes, girl, like this, you are. She was like being very critical of of men and rabbit, and they like down to like talking about like the, how pathetic his penis is, like you know, like he was very very like emasculating (laughs) (laughs) Jamie's just next to me hand on her hip nodding aggressively yes yes girl (laughs) I mean that's how I was feeling but then but then about three quarters of the way in I caught myself and I was like wait a minute I was like this this it feels like I am the exact person who is being pandered to yeah. almost and it's how like and so, we are not the core demographic for this novel no and and it, it also reminds me of like somebody who is like making a mockery of like a 20 something like liberal female feminist like kind of and so anyway so i i don't know i can't really get that out of my out of my head so i i don't fully know uh i don't know how i fully feel about it um but can, what yeah jamie <laughs> in relation to that I don't know you can interrupt me if this is going to the side but I also felt like in the first half a little bit Eccles was supposed to be like the foil character for us who was like I'm a man too and I'm gonna lead you in the right way but then even at the end Eccles when Rabbit has done all this bullshit Eccles's wife is like how can you still fight for that man and Eccles goes I love him. Yeah. 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 Even even Eccles, yeah, Eccles admits to loving him and also continuing to just blindly think that he's a good person. And I want to bring, that's a good segue because I wanted to bring up the, what, like, um, what role, like, Christianity played because it feels like sometimes he's being very satirical uh, and critical of Christianity, but it also sometimes feels like it's actually, like it's very very blindly genuine. And so I I don't know. I I feel like Eccles is an interesting, uh, is is an interesting character to represent Christianity in this way because there are, I don't know, there are layers to him continuing to believe in uh, and forgive uh, Rabbit. Mm-hmm. I think that the thing with uh, mm, the thing with religion in this because I'm so I'm so on the fence. I think that when I was reading it, I was reading it as critical of religion because like Eccles sucks. He admits he doesn't have any beliefs. Like yeah. he is a shitty husband, whatever. But also, I think that the way that Updike writes Eccles's wife is incredibly like hateful like, yeah i think yeah. she is portrayed as a hateful character what? but i like her i like her oh i thought she was written as the most firm of any of the women in the book because she's totally passed like rabbit's bullshit up yeah but because even at the end of like i, I think I, the I, way he d- updike describes her i agree I with always, her actions i well i always think that like a very powerful thing is the last impression you get of somebody in a book and her last impression is just like him calling up regardless of whether or not Eccles is actually there she just hangs up the phone and is like fuck off like i cannot believe yeah. after all of this you give a call you have the gall to call here i just worry get that the fuck out of here i worry yeah. that people interpret like other readers would interpret her as just like a bitchy flirt 
because oh she doesn't God. tell Eccles about the butt slap, and then she supposedly winks at Rabbit. Like those are the things. But which, she shuts like, the door on him when he suggests. Even like she's. I don't know. That's a complicated thing for me. Yeah, but that's I mean, getting I, past I the religion thing anyway. I know. I see. I see. I see both of those things. I feel like. Um, I feel like she's not like she's kind of portrayed. Um, as like a, a manipulative, like shrew, a little bit. You yeah, know what I mean? How, like, I, that's how I think Updike is writing her. And but, but also, like I, I mean, I had to take that with a grain of salt a little bit, just because. I mean, again, here I am, like trying to separate Updike from Rabbit and Rabbit from Updike. But like, it feels like, like it's a very classic. Like Rabbit hates her because she won't sleep with him. Like that's a very like his attitude toward her even though it doesn't even make any sense like there isn't even she's married with kids and he has a whatever a a sex worker on the side and a baby on the way and a wife and a whatever and like there's so many and he still hates her for not sleeping with him and even like at the end there's so many things going on and it was like a very like she asks him in for something and he literally interpreted it as though you would like a porno and like with like for <laughs> some lemonade and like he essentially like comes in and is like let's bone and she's like what the fuck are you insane yeah. like and so i don't know i yeah i we've we've veered from the religion well, well, so, well, I agree with you Jamie yeah I'll bring something up for the religious factor on like if it's actually like being that critical of it for a couple points but one of the things I do want to bring up quickly just because of something you said Danny was the quickest quote and I want to try to to vet it but it was on Wikipedia full disclosure here but one of the things that Updike was quoted uh, quoted with was saying that this was his response to on the road and I'll paraphrase what I had read here that his response on the road of like, this is what happens to everybody at home when you up and leave. Like, yeah, this was supposed to be a thing of being like on the road at this time was this novel Mm -hmm. that everybody references. And it's like this glamorous lifestyle, like just get up and leave and nothing matters. Like you're going to fulfill your purpose in life. But like he had specifically said, and again, I tried to follow the actual, cited pieces to find this quote uh, out of wikipedia but it led to some general penguins classic page but he did say it was a response on what happens when you leave to everyone else at home so that is kind of an interesting point for that and then for the religious part of it uh, a couple of things one of them is more humorous and one of them is more serious about uh if religion is getting um criticized here a huge moment was with Eccles when he goes to the Protestant minister for the Angstrom family and gets totally dressed down of like, yeah. what are you doing? This is not this is not the job given to you by Jesus Christ our Lord. This is a job given to you because you think that like you have some ability to do something here that is so outside of your expertise. This isn't something that we do as ambassadors for God. This is not what our purpose is here. So that to me, regardless of the rest of Eccles stuff, I think that that was something that was like, we're not supposed to read Eccles as this pinnacle of Christianity because it even gets to the point that quote that I'm remembering uh, from, from what happened is when rabbit is talking to Eccles and he's letting him know, 
uh, Eccles is letting Rabbit know that his child has died is that he says something along the lines of like, I need to tell you about this terrible thing that happened to us. Yeah. To to us. This terrible thing that has happened to us. And then that was a break in, in the text where it gets onto a new section. So like, that's critical of Eccles that any of Eccles like ambassadorship for religion is like totally, um, tossed to the side and the fact that he is the most prominent religious figure in the book and gets that dressing down and has these selfish acts I think was hugely telling uh and then I think just the humorous thing that maybe is just like subtle like subtly implied but like we're going through Rabbit's journey here and Rabbit is like coming back and like getting more involved with this family and the child is born then he and then he goes to church and, you know, when he goes there, it's not that he gets some message of salvation that is like, this is my turning point to be a better man. It just makes him horny. And he goes home <laughs> to masturbate on his wife's ass. Yeah, because that, that was the moment when like Eccles' wife invited me, him over. Right. And, that's, <gasps> and that to me was also another hugely telling uh. point where we're getting to all of these like – like I think that the, the thing that was so crazy about this novel too, regardless of like how frustrating a lot of points were, it was such a buildup of so much tension that these climaxes – happened so rapidly at the end here and in so many different places because there were so many different storylines that were setting up and like this religious uh piece here culminating in rabbit going there like supposedly being a better man and then just getting horny was like such a telling thing to me in my opinion that like added to my thought that religion was getting like very much criticized at least in the way that it was getting presented at this point in America. <laughs> um, I had a quote kind of about that. Uh, I loved, I mean, I didn't love, but like I loved the church scene because I was, because it was just insane. listening to his narrating his own mind as he was in church was, it was just, it was, it was hysterical. It was insane. The, like, all, the whole end of this book was insane. Uh, but this is right, this quote is, I think, right after the baby dies, but before Rabbit knows, I'm pretty sure. Um, but it says, he had gone to church and brought back this little flame and had nowhere to put it, put it on the dark, damp walls of the apartment, so it had flickered and gone out. And he realized that he wouldn't always be able to produce this flame. What held him back all day was the feeling that somewhere there was something better for him than listening to babies cry and cheating people in used car lots. And it's this feeling he tries to kill. Oh, my God. Uh, (laughs) Which is, like, he's so shitty. Uh, But I also, I think that that's the thing about this book that is frustrating to me is that I... I think John Updike is mostly being critical here, but I also think there's, it's too, it's right on the edge of critical to the point where people who feel that way, men who are just like, uh, there's things better for me than crying babies. I think, (laughs) like, I think that they view him as sympathetic when he isn't. Yeah, I, you know, Yes, I think that 
that's why I have so many problems with so many reviews of this book. So many reviews focus on him being this, even like a review from Joyce Carol Oates. She like, like, so like a, like a woman is my point. Is that like so many, so many people like praise this character, like his character as being like this, like suppressed, like, you know, yearning for something more. And like, that's fine, but like, you don't have to do it this way. Like it doesn't have to be like this and it shouldn't be like this. Yeah. And just so many reviews, like miss, I feel like, I feel like there are, there are so many uh, summaries and reviews that praise um, his ability to like write this very, like um, this character who's yearning so much for for so much and like it just is like did you forget the other 70 percent of the book where he's a terrible person like i don't know i feel like that matters and i feel like you can't erase that part of the book yeah, yeah I, I still agree with that and like i said the, the main part of holding back from the rest of it is absolutely his treatment of other people his thoughts about other people that's the biggest thing that is like that makes rabbit irredeemable to me regardless of whatever lessons we're supposed to learn from his like journey quote unquote journey here uh but i i will say for like what they were talking about there's a couple of essays that i had read about like what what is rabbit supposed to represent here and and one of the ideas that i found to be very interesting especially because like Obviously, at this time period, there's a lot of, like, problematic things anyway. This is pre-civil rights movement. This is pre, like, second wave feminism. This is pre, like, a lot of different things that would add to, like, the problematic factors that, you know, these ideas aren't mainstream. But the the main thing that a lot of these essays were asserting is about, like, what is you know unfortunately a man's place and this is not like this whole novel that's like trying to get the perspective or journey of like other people at this point in america but like the man's journey in post-war america and they were specifically talking about president eisenhower and his like incessant focus on like the sense of self and the sense of purpose that like everyone's purpose in world war two was for the greater good of the country producing things for the country. And now it was past that where it's like, there's more to life than that. Like this is something to think about all of you Americans parentheses mm-hmm. men out there. Like there's more to life than this like production and food production it's for, very Ayn Rand. Yeah, for your people. It's <laughs> like there's there's more to it than that. Like find yourself. This is the time to find yourself. And that rabbit is like, well, what does that mean for me as a person that like had such glory before and that he had like almost found himself previously as we continue to revisit his basketball days? Like that was his sense of self is like this is when I was at my greatest and that he's like still trying to grapple with that on like a almost societal pressure to still find himself outside of like the things that had been determined of like be with your family, help your country, produce for other people. Like there's more to life than that. He's like, "Well, what does that mean? What does that mean?" 
And then he ends up doing absolutely horrible stuff because I don't think he knows what it means. Yeah. And, and, I, and again, I, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't justify any part no. of his character. But, like, that's part of the, like, motivation behind what he does almost. But, like... Do you, you think that by the end of this novel, and I know it's a series, there are three more and or four more novels because I saw something... It was like, an ident- like a yeah, novella. Yeah, like a short story yeah. or something. Yeah. Um... Do you think that he learns anything by the end? Like, do you think in that in that regard of like? No. 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 Okay. Be, like, I, like I said, I think that we don't get far enough. As me saying, as I had said, talking about his conversation with Ruth, Ruth previously, that like that's the first time that it really seems that anybody gets to him, aside from like maybe his fear of his own parents when they find out that his child is there. He's like, what's my mom going to say? Which that's a whole other can of worms to open oh, up God, about yeah. that, those scenes. But oh, like, the moms and the mother-in-law <laughs> situation. Exactly. Oh my God. Exactly. But like the thing is, is like with Ruth, that's the first time that we really see somebody really break through to him in somewhat of a meaningful way. Not that he mm-hmm. again learns from anything because he still goes back to Janice. Yeah. Still goes back to Janice well, and it doesn't. Maybe. But that's what, <laughs> what, that's what's presumed that he was kind of saying like, I don't know that like that's something I can commit to. So, regardless, I don't think we get enough past that to even see a growth from a moment that seemed to be a fundamental change of Rabbit's own internal thought process. Yeah. So, in that regard, no. I, I think that maybe there is potential. And there's more books, as you said. So, maybe yeah. that happens. But right now, no. Rabbit didn't learn a goddamn thing. See, and that's what I feel like is upsetting to me from, like, a storytelling perspective from Updike. Like, there are so many ways... And like I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's a good portrayal of like the person that we were told Janice is, and maybe that's true of her. But also like because Janice accidentally drowns the baby when she's by herself and she is drunk, that gives Rabbit such a loophole to not learn a goddamn thing. Yeah, and then he blames her at the funeral, like, as if he had nothing to do with it. Yeah, and we could have easily gotten to a point where Rabbit did something terrible like that, like, to that proportion. But it's not, it's led in a way that it's like... Janice is the bimbo and you left her so you kind of caused this but like she's the drunk and she did it like physically she did it yeah yeah it was almost like there were you know there were like 37 softballs lobbed at Updike in the in the the way that he could have like ended this to like you know help Rabbit learn anything and he straight up didn't which was intent probably intentional but i don't know that's frustrating because there were so many ways where like he could have taught rabbit something um i also don't have a lot of i don't have a lot of i'm interested honestly in the second in the next book i really am interested in i just want to know what the hell what the hell else there is to write about uh and so i don't know i read it i read i read a um a review on Goodreads um, that was, I was just like browsing reviews of this book. Um, and somebody commented on like the rest of the books. Um, somebody asked a question about him and, and somebody replied with just like, don't bother. Uh, they're all just, uh, it's exactly the same as the first book, except for with more drugs and more underage girls. And I was like, well, <laughs> <Died>. <laughs> sounds great. Uh, 
Sounds great. Um, yeah, well, uh, we should go into final thoughts. I, I mean, uh, we could talk about this book for years, which I feel like we will. <laughs> this will be a touchstone moment in this back. podcast of just like this, fucking run. Yeah. run. <laughs> uh, I do want to. I want to ask. I mean, you, Brian, you briefly touched on um, on reading a little bit about just like reading some like essays or reading uh, other like related uh, coverage of this book. Um, I wondered if either of you had come across any like questionable like summaries. This is a leading question because I came across. I, I came. I read a lot of summaries before this book, and I was curious what you guys thought. If you had, if you had like read any any other summaries because, um, or even commentary on this book because uh, I read several summaries that framed the last the last big part where Janice drowns the baby and the re- like the last part of the book. Um, it frames that that issue in a lot in like several different ways. I read several summaries that like some of them like basically even like uh, like absolve Rabbit of all like fault. So there there's like a there's like an erasure uh, erase of like his of like history of like of like what happened in this book. Like there was a there was an essay question that I read that that was just like I don't know from from, from like spark notes or something and it it, it asks uh discuss the presentation of women in this novel updike has been criticized for treating women as objects in his books particularly rabbit run and for privileging his male characters to the point of misogyny how valid do you think this argument is? <laughs> <God damn it. laughs> and so and like and then there was even like another summary that like even presents the ending as like ruth it almost makes it sound like ruth is begging rabbit to marry her and it's like okay, you could you could maybe read it that way in 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 one sentence, but yeah, but like that's, one, that's, I, I didn't one section. That, no, maybe. but that's not what happens. And so what's interesting to me is like even the reframing of this book in in like current like pop culture and like literature, um, like it you know I don't know I I found a lot of different like summaries of the book and they're all some of them definitely paint Rabbit as the hero, which is stressful to me. And that's that. It was it was very disappointing to read that. Like this book is still possibly being taught to like English classes or read in English classes, where like people are thinking that Rabbit like is maybe in the right, and that gave me a lot of anxiety. Anyway, those are pretty much my final thoughts. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can. Yeah, I I have read very few things because I finished the book today, um, so I didn't. <laughs> I read a few, like, Goodreads reviews, but those were very, like, recent and so maybe different. But um, I understand that perspective as an English teacher because I know, like, I would absolutely never recommend this to students because I know for a fact that half of my students would interpret it as Rabbit is the good guy. Um, because I've taught books that, like, I feel yeah. like, like, in Of Mice and Men, I feel like, obviously, Curly's wife is a very sympathetic character, and Steinbeck has been stated saying that she is, but all of my, like, teenage boys think that she's a slut and a bitch, and I feel like this book is so much worse in that regard like I that's why I I kept saying like it's so on the fence of like I think Updike is being critical but 
I think it takes kind of a like nuanced perspective to understand that he's being critical. Because yeah. Also, I was yes. thinking, <laughs> I was thinking at the end of this when I was reading it, I could not describe to you right now. I read this whole book. I could not describe to you exactly what Rabbit looks like, other than he's tall. But I could, in detail, tell you about Janice's boobs. Yeah. And that's really upsetting to me. I could tell you all about Ruth's 5'7", 145-pound frame. Yeah, like, I... So I understand people getting that perspective because, like, he is... He definitely is misogynistic in a lot of ways. And I do think that he's trying to be critical and trying to be progressive in many parts of this book, but it's not quite there. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> So I didn't I didn't read reviews, but that is how I feel. And um, outside of that final thought, I I enjoyed reading it. I feel very conflicted about it. I do think it was an interesting story. I don't know how to rate it on Goodreads. No, uh, I have no idea. I don't know what to say. And I feel like if I read the other novels or at least the second one, it'll be a long, long time from now. So that's where I'm at. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, for my final thoughts, uh, I thought it was a very compelling story. Again, I thought the tension that was built from the various storylines did truly explode in such a fantastic way. It said in a terrible context, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Just in the it fact, just in fantastic. the well, just in the fact that like a lot of these setups ended up coming back around in ways that were like somewhat unexpected, and even the ordering of how we like got resolutions. That you know, I thought that um, Ruth's baby was going to be something that caused such a rift for rabbit's family and no it was rabbit leaving again and it was like his constant talking about janice's alcoholism that got her to drink more in the first place like all these things were so interesting in the way that they were told in the order that they were told um that i thought it was like a something that i was flying through especially at the end so i can appreciate it for that echoing what Jamie had said what what Danny had said you know there are especially and this is something I keep coming back to because like I do have a lot of complimentary things to say for this book and for this writing but like but the way that Updike has rabbit describe women I think is so telling with the way that he's able to describe so many other things is such a telling thing for his own perception on women and and the way that they're written i thought that there were some instances that the women were written in such a way that was satisfying they were able to address rabbit and his problems in a good way but overall that was the biggest problem is like how much do you have to have this character talk about how women look how much do you have to revisit these themes that you are so adequately able to touch on with such a you know, so lightly elsewhere, why do you have to do it so heavily here? And that's a problematic thing. Uh, and so 
you know, for that reason, you know, it, it is a tough read to continue to revisit, but I would want to re- read the rest of it because I think that it was critical uh, of a lot of important things, and especially in regards to it being focusing on different time periods, decades at a time, when we do get into the civil rights movement between here and the next book, another wave of the feminist movement between now and the next book. Like there's a lot of things that I think would help improve that perspective that if we're still able to get this commentary on what I saw is like a lot of it, not on just the human condition, but on like American life specifically at this time. I think that like a lot of that was compelling enough for me, like even the subtle jabs at capitalism and like commercialism at the beginning were like compelling to me even though they were only visited briefly i'm hoping that like those movements are able to make it into a more well-rounded read and i will say like on goodreads as we talked about i think on the last episode the ratings only go up maybe it's the survivor's bias the thing that we had like semi talked about last time but also the last two books of this series, not the novella, the last two of the series were the ones that got the Pulitzer Prize for fiction. So it's not even the next one, it's the next two after that. So I find that to Wait, be Wait, I thought the, the third I the first The third and the fourth were the ones that got the Pulitzer Prize from from what I understand. Oh, I thought it was Rabbit I thought Rabbit Run won the Pulitzer Prize. Well, shit, I'm gonna have to look that up real quick. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's fine. Maybe do a do some quick. Uh, we're gonna do a quick Google. We'll be right back after this message. <laughs> quick Google, but regardless, uh, I thought that overall it was definitely something I was glad to have read, and it ended more satisfyingly than I was thinking that it even would. When we first started, I thought that this was gonna be a shit show. Uh, I thought yeah, that there I was agree. not going to be yeah, like these redeeming things at all. I thought it was just like, oh, this is questionable if we're going to come around to some meaning commentary on anything. But, it's the last two that won the Pulitzer Prize. Okay, yeah. Oh, shit. So, so that is kind of interesting to me and compelling enough for me as well. So I think those are kind of my final thoughts that like I am still interested in the journey of Rabbit now that I have more of an idea that we are critical of him. Again, maybe not all of the things of him that we should be critical of the the royal we as in how updike writes him but like there is enough critical aspects of rabbit that it would be interesting to revisit in the future so mm-hmm. i think those are my final thoughts yeah i mean i agree with that i feel like the only uh the only like i don't know I would like to read the next one too. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Maybe next season on the pod. That would, that, I, I we'll actually, do a sequel. I, I have heard just as like a brief thing that a lot of people think the second one is maybe the worst one. Nice. Uh, but regar- <laughs> regardless, regardless. So with that, we have now finished our third book of the second season. So all of us have had a choice. Danny, that was uh, a quite bold, the choice. Bold choice. <laughs> Fostered some Guys, very interesting uh, discussion. In part, blame the book mug in part. <laughs> yeah. The book mug strikes again. So, uh, as we had mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we are going to have a guest for the next two special episodes. Guest. Special mystery guest. A special. <laughs> um, so, we will be back with that. The book, it was basically how it had happened. We had talked about. A different way it had happened for the fourth 
book of the season last time where it was kind of a committee vote. So essentially this guest <laughs> presented a list of books to us and then we discussed amongst ourselves and we ended up coming up with Steppenwolf by Herman Hesse. Is that how you'd pronounce that? I would say It's Hesse. German. So yeah. I don't know if there's No a... one knows for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it... one knows, <laughs> no one knows. No one knows. So it is Steppenwolf. Um, that will be the first half for the next episode with our special guest on another quarantine edition of Beer Time with Books. Do you already have a copy? We do. Oh, yeah. We Amazoned it. I don't have to. Shit. Not I don't have to. Well, I guess I don't. I guess I don't. Do I? I don't have to race you to Prospero's now. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to call Prospero's tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, our guest has it as well. So um, with that, I don't even know who scattered last time. It was me. It was Danny. I think I scattered the one before that, mm. so I think that leaves us on a nice Jamie. scat with Jamie. A squeedily doo bop, a shootily soup, a loobity doop dop, a boobity dop. So classic! <laughs> Such a classic scat! <laughs> I need to super cut all of Jamie's cats together uh, just to prove this point. So we will catch you next. Bye. Bye.